say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man, do we got another great show for you. Oh, today's book. Uh, let me tell you about that. It's called Inspire Your Buyers. You know, I know that uh, the majority of you who listen to the show, you're either in sales or you own companies or you're founders of companies. You have sales teams. And the truth of the matter is we're all salespeople at the end of the day. We're all selling something. I, I'm i married. I have to sell myself to my wife every day. And, you know, I mean, it's just part of the way it goes, right? And so, but we're all, we're all, we're all trying to inspire buyers. But oftentimes we make some critical errors in our thinking when it comes to what we think a buyer wants. And oftentimes that thinking that we have when it comes to what a buyer wants, we, we try to envision what we think the buyer wants rather than going, what does the buyer really want? What are they truly thinking? Well, my guest today, uh, Bruce Shear, he's uh, world-renowned. And uh, I'm telling you, since 1995, he has been carving out a message, uh, a go-to-market narrative and he puts it in this very small, power-packed, practical toolkit, get it today, now book that is going to change the way you think about how you're going to deal with your buyers. B2B, B2C, don't care. It's going to work. I promise you because we all make the same mistakes, whether we're B2B, B2C. We all have the same issues, B2B or B2C. The fact of the matter is we need people to buy from us. And if you're not doing a good job, and you probably aren't doing, and even if you think you're doing a good job, you can always do it better, and Bruce is going to help us do that. But before we get to Bruce, let's do what we do every week, right? And that's, I walk you through the four areas of your life. The truth of the matter is we are four-part people, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people, and we got to be working on ourselves every day. And if we're not working on ourselves every day, you know, we don't stay static. And so we're not growing, we're dying. And so we got to be Every day we need to do something in these four areas. So here's how we do this uh, on the show. If you're just joining us, uh, DBTV, uh, radio, across the country, podcast, however you listen to us. Here's how we do it. Scale of one to 10, one being, ugh, 10 being, wow, can't get any better. Let's evaluate yourself on the physical dimension, right? How would you say you're doing when it comes to eating right, um, getting enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep? Five is average. Okay, now listen, whatever your number is, don't be embarrassed by that. That's a starting point for you. So if you say, you know what, I'm a two physically. Okay, then let's get a two, a 2.5. What would it take to do that? What could you change right now? Are there, is there some snacks you could get rid of? Are there some things you could get rid of that you could change that right now? That's all we're trying to do. Not go from a two to a 10, from a two to a 2.5. Okay, so that's your physical number. Second number is the mental intellectual number. Here's, here's the deal, folks. You cannot sit on a couch thinking that somehow you're going to absorb knowledge that's going to improve you. You have to be an active participant in your wisdom and knowledge and growth and understanding mentally. If you want to grow in your business, you need to be listening to shows like this. You need to be recommending people shows like this because we're going to actually help you is what we're trying to do here, right? We're bringing on the best there is all over the world to help you um, find a new direction. This is a great way to do it. Read a book. Oh, here's a great one. Try that book. That's a great book to read, right? And it won't even take you long, and you'll grow in wisdom and knowledge. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing there? 
All right, third number is the emotional number. And a lot of work has been done in emotional intelligence. And and I'm going to tell you something. Bruce Shear talks about emotional intelligence all over this book. He may not come right out and say, well, according to Daniel Goleman, emotional intelligence. And he may not say, well, your emotional quotient needs to be. But I can tell you this, if you want to understand your buyer, if you want to be able to have a go-to market strategy, that narrative that's going to work, guess what? You have to have some emotional intelligence. So here's how we do it on the show. We break it up into two parts. The first part is how well would you say you're doing when it comes to controlling your emotions under stress and pressure? You've all been there, right? Getting cut off in traffic. Things aren't going well at work, right? How well you would control your emotions when that next pebble gets put on the side of the camel, right? All right. Then the second part is how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? You know what I find with a lot of leaders? They don't feel like they have the time to truly listen. And so they do a courtesy listen. And they're not really listening. I see a lot of salespeople who really don't tap into the emotions. Matter of fact, uh, it's interesting. Bruce has an acronym called Sizzle. And the E sizzles. And the E in Sizzle is empathetic. You cannot tap into the emotions of other people if you're not empathetic. It's just not possible. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing emotionally? And then finally, the spiritual area. And, you know, the spiritual area works like this. You know what? We all have faith. We live by faith. I'm sorry. We just do. We all live by faith. The fact of the matter is, you woke up this morning, you took your sip of coffee. It wasn't poisonous. You believed it wasn't poisonous. You pushed your button in your car, turned your key, and you believed it would start. You walked across the crosswalk when it said walk, and you believed the cars wouldn't hit you. You've made plans for the future, believing they're going to happen, and magically they seem to do because we live by faith, but then we want to connect with ourselves somewhere outside of ourselves and do that. And then what happens is we, what is it that brings you back to place of centeredness and peace in the midst of chaos, right? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it something else? Is it meditation? And is it working? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say that is? Those four areas are like the air in the tires of your car. You know, if one tire is too low, what happens? The car veers and you have to struggle to steer. If a lot of tires are low, right, it gets harder. And if you have all four tires low, what happens is that your car eventually is going to get ruined. And so we want to bring our tires to the right height so that what we do is that we can drive our car ourselves smoothly and speaking of someone who does that extremely well his name is bruce Shear. he has a diverse work experience spanning several roles and in industries he currently serves as a partner at revenue teams at inspireyourbuyers.com working with teams to inspire buyers and accelerate revenue growth he became the president of the board of directors of the um, national speakers association uh, northwest which uh, he will oversee the organization's operations which by the way you know i'm a big fan of that uh Bruce has worked as a facilitating consultant and educator at Corporate Visions, assisting clients like Adobe, eBay, um, developing effective go-to-market strategies. Um, he His uh, earlier works include roles as vice president as West Coast office director of MSI Consulting. Uh, he began his career as a business development manager uh, and uh, uh, served serving levels in the Asia-Pacific region. He has his MBA uh, from University of Oregon, uh, Lundquist College of Business. And he joins us now with his latest effort, Inspire Your Buyers, Go to Market with a Story That Sizzles. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, and welcome to the first time, Mark Shear to A New Direction. Welcome, Mark. Oh, hey, Jay, yeah. Great to have you on the show. Um, let's dig right into this. Um, 
this book here because it's it's awesome. And while it may not be very long, I have said this, and I'll be writing this in my five-star Amazon review, uh, that one of the things I wrote is that it this thing is, is so powerfully packed, you're probably going to have to read it more than once. Uh, you know, I take notes on every book on the show, which I'm grateful for, because had I not taken the notes, I would be having to go back and reread it and reread it. So let's just get let's just get right to it in your introduction. You talk about the go to market narrative. What is that? When you say when we say go to market narrative, what is that? Yeah, uh, sometimes uh, Jay, I, I frame that as a you know it's a it's a story. A narrative is a story that you tell. Um, typically, a story has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, this go to market narrative it might not necessarily end. It might carry forward <laughs> a little bit as you inspire your buyer and get them excited. But effectively, it, it's a story structure that you would use with, with you know awesome content in order to to captivate that buyer buyer and inspire the buyer and change. Definition of inspire is to inspire someone to change. And, and that's what we're trying to do with this narrative, that narrative structure. There are three major mistakes you talk about that typically most business makes when they try to go to do a go-to-market uh, narrative. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, and, and by the way, I've seen these all, right? Uh, one of the, you say the first mistake is that business and revenue leaders do nothing and they just continue with the random acts of conversation, the content, right? Yeah, and you'll you're, you'll hear those dialogues all the time. I, I hear them in the in the boardroom and outside of the boardroom that hey, we hire good people. They should be able to make magic. You know, we hire the best sellers, best marketers. Just leave them to their devices, and you know they they should do a good job because we're paying them to do so. That's what I call do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and and, uh, and that results in what I call random acts of conversation by the sellers and random acts of marketing by the marketers, and uh, no nobody benefits from that so much. So then we do mistake number two because I've seen this is how it rolls. It seems to be actually go in this kind of direction, by the way, mm -hmm. where yeah, we, yeah. we 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 go. Okay, we're not good, we're not doing anything. We think we're kind of okay. Okay, it's really not working. So now we're gonna what we're gonna do is you know we got some really good people inside. We got some marketing people in our in our in our in our in our space here. Let's have them work and fix the message. That doesn't yeah. work either, does it? It, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a boy. I, I always feel sad when I get somebody that's kind of you know you know, gets assigned to work on the new story or the new narrative uh, because it, it, it's a really challenging thing to do, especially doing it when you don't have the power seniority uh, to, to really craft it and uh, get people to buy into it. So normally I see those types of activities just dying on the vine. You know, a lot of effort goes into it, a lot of sideways selling, upward selling, downward selling, but then at the end of the day, it kind of gets sidelined and on to the next flavor of the month, the next initiative. Um, doesn't get much traction. Yeah, so I love I loved how this just goes, right? First, we're not doing anything. Then we think, well, we maybe should do something. So we're going to let people inside the office do it. And then that's not working. So then we go to, well, you know what, let's, you know, there's this really expensive ABC brand agency. Uh, they've been really, really, seem to be really, really successful with these major corporations. Let's hire them 
to do it. And that doesn't work out so well either, does it, typically? It, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I see that very, very often, especially some of the bigger organizations I serve. They, they see that as, a, as an answer that, hey, we're going to go invest a lot of money in a brand agency, advertising agency. They'll come up with a clever tagline and message and, and that's going to work. Uh, normally it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't carry a, a, a narrative structure. It, it, there's, there's no story there, just a lot of words and messaging, but no core story that, that's going to inspire buyers. And it's funny, uh, uh, Coach Jay, I, I had met with a, a head of a, a top agency and one of the largest organizations uh, serving the, the financial sector with technology solutions had engaged this agency to, to put together what's typically known as a message map. And I met with that leader of the agency a couple of times trying to partner and saying, hey, at the end of the day, can you follow my structure for narrative? Give me some inputs that I could use. And it's just not normal. So, and of course it didn't happen. We, we needed to, to work it out on our own after the fact. So I, I hope, I hope uh, the business leaders that listen to the show are starting to feel a little pain because you've probably gone through this process that, that you and I have just talked about. And I hope they feel a little pain about this because some, there's got to be another answer. And that's where this book comes in. And I think this is where we get to chapter one, which is called Embrace the Narrative Imperative is what it's entitled. Mm-hmm. Um, and we seem to make another mistake often in our own narratives when we present our sales pitch or whatever we're presenting. It could be even the content, the white paper that we put out. It could be any marketing message for that matter. And you you say this, simply put, the best narratives make the customer, not the vendor, the hero. And so often I see when I coach businesses, and I know you see it, uh, that we keep telling people or they keep hearing a, some sort of a conversation in their head that says, well, what we want to do is we want to identify the problem and then we become the hero. And that's not it at all, is it? It's not. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you David Olgavy wrote a book. Um on advertising, but he he you know famously coined you know the notion that the product is the hero, mm. and sadly so many people have taken that to heart, and uh, you know they do frame you know everything they talk about around the product themselves as hero, and once you make that fundamental shift to your buyer as hero, it just makes things so much easier in terms of you know. Uh, creating a structure of a story around that hero, the journey they're going through and the pain, like you talked about before, the emotive element of that, you know, that hero's journey, framing it around the buyer, that's a beautiful way to frame it. Mm. So if we're not, if we're not, if so the best narratives make the customer, not the product. So the vendor, the make the customer, not the vendor, the hero. That's right. So these narratives, this is what you write, these narratives show the customer that they have a problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what life yeah. would look like if that problem went away. So now I, I can see a little bit, I can hear people having a little confusion going, well, hold it. That sounds like I'm the solution to the problem, Bruce. If So help me understand that a little bit more. Well, uh, you know, the, the core structure 
of um, a, a narrative, you know, I, I talk about five key elements in the book that, that you need to get right uh, to, to have a compelling narrative that inspires the buyers. The first key element is targeting. Uh, are you targeting the right buyer? Mm. And I often see people completely missing that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me know, Jay, when you need me to jump into some stories to anchor on these points. Well, you, just, you, we, well let's go. Th I mean, if we're if we're going to head to targeting, let's uh -huh, let's uh -huh. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and let's talk about targeting because I think people misunderstand the word targeting. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think it, I think if we can clarify what you're saying about how do we target our who do we target our got to narrative around. And what does that look like? I think that would be an excellent way to, to yeah. Let's in. do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Yeah. I, when I was working on the book, uh, a buddy of mine uh, gave me a call from Singapore, and uh, little did he know that I was going to feature him in the book. And I don't know if you remember this story, Jay, but um, he was uh, head of business development, selling a, an English language platform into the Chinese market, and uh, you know. China has many different English speak uh, English teaching schools, and it's really wonderful because a lot of uh, Chinese they see learning English as is the path to success. You know that'll get them higher up in organizations. That'll get get them out of the country into our elite institutions around the world, and uh, where they can have some you know vibrant international careers, leveraging the language of English. So anyways, he's trying to sell into the Chinese market. He was kind of having a, a little bit of a tough time, but we were having a good dialogue about that. And I was asking him, you know, first and foremost, you know, who's the customer? And uh, he's talking about large Chinese uh, language institutions. And then it was kind of funny, uh, Jay, very often I'll ask, you know, what are you selling at the end of the day? Uh, in one, two, three, or no more than four words, what are you selling? And then my buddy, he, uh, you know, I, I, it was like I shot him with a stun gun. He just is very quiet, thinking about it really deeply. And then he says, uh, we're selling confidence. I go, you're selling confidence to Chinese language schools, these institutions. I go, Let, let's talk about the customer. You know, who, who's the customer? And he goes, well, you know, the, the, you know I go, well, who, who signs the contract? And he goes, well, the the leaders of these uh, langu language institutions in China. And I go, and, and they're looking for confidence mm -hmm. from you? And he's like going, no, 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 I don't think so. But that's what you just said. And then, you know, then we talk about it a little bit more. What are they looking for? You know, they, they really want enrollment in their schools. And it's a competitive marketplace out there in China. Lots of different language institutions. So uh, just by design, his message, his story would be completely off kilter uh, by not targeting the right the right buyer with the right story, and and I'll, I'll I'll illustrate just a little bit further there, Jay, just to be as clear as I can. So we start brainstorming around. Okay, so the guy signing the contract, the guy purchasing your large language uh, platform, English platform, isn't a student. You know who wants all that confidence? It, it's the buyer. You know the the signer. What they want is enrollment. Then we move into the next element of the narrative structure. Well, what's their problem? What's going on in their world? And uh, their problem would be under enrollment. You know, just because of this, you know, intensely competitive marketplace for English language in China. So under enrollment, 
then then the next part of the narrative isn't jumping to the solution. Hey, we got this language platform. It's really what's the outcome we're trying to achieve together. And uh, that outcome would be, you know, just high enrollment at the end of the day. And so then what's the solution, you know, to that problem uh, of under enrollment and, and the outcome to drive that high enrollment level the solution's going to be a, an edge around how they teach language in that organization. Mm. And it would be, uh, you know, it wouldn't be English language platform. That's kind of boring. It'd be more in the realm of accelerated learning is what, what uh, the solution would be. So that's two words, accelerated learning. So what drives that, then they have the right to start unpacking that a little bit. Well, we've got this you know, uh, language platform that's amazing. It's got artificial intelligence and all this cool stuff going on that really drives accelerated learning and learning efficacy of English that's gonna help you drive higher enrollments and get rid of your under enrollment problem. And so I just took you through um, four of those okay, steps. All right, so, the right buyer. Okay, so okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We, we just got through kind of targeting the right buyer. And then I want to go piece out these other steps and I want to expand on okay. each step. So, mm -hmm. but what mm -hmm. we're going to do is we're going to take a break um, in between here because I got it. I have to pay some bills. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, his name is Bruce Shear. The book is a tile to inspire your buyers. Go to market with a story that sizzles. You're listening to him right here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficult performing activities of daily living, maybe you're a professional athlete or athlete that just wants to improve how you move and feel. Listen, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will customize a treatment program that is specifically designed for you. So when you're in need of epic relief, epic recovery, epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C. PT.com and Linda Craft Team Realtors uh, going on 39 years of serving the world, having thousands of customers transition in life and you go away, that's a real estate company, what do, they, what do you mean life transition? Well, think about every place you've ever lived has been a transition in life and they know how to take the stress and reduce that stress in that part of your transition. So whether you're selling your home or buying a home, they understand it. They've helped thousands of people just like you and help make that transition and do it with excellence. So when you're ready to make that transition, whether you're selling or you're buying, go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Bruce Shear and uh, his book, uh, Inspire Your Buyers. Go to market with a story that sizzles. Yeah, I love saying that. That's pretty awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got target your target the right buyers, which mm -hmm. you gave us that. So, but and 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 then we've got spotlight the big problem. I don't want to overlook this one, Bruce, because the idea of spotlighting the big problem and what is the big problem is a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really it really is, you know. So you may target the right buyer, but in your story. You know, are we spotlighting the big problem? Because mm -hmm. we can also spotlight the little problems. Is that, do I got that right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to focus on the big problem, especially if we've got a big solution and we're targeting a, a big buyer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to keep things big. Um, uh, typically, you know, especially in the B2B world that I, that I hang out in the most, you know, there's multiple selling conversations. But, you know, when we're starting high and early, high up in the organization early on in, the, in that buying journey, we want to focus on some of the big themes and and that's you know what what you just highlighted spotlighting the big problem that's the first thing we do after we target the right buyer is we spotlight the big problem the the word spotlight jay i chose that because uh, i want to shine a light on it and uh, you know when you shine a, a spotlight whatever's in its way boom you can see it vividly but everything else is kind of dark and that's what we're trying to do is just being really clear in our narrative structure, bang, spotlight right there on that problem and hold it right there. Um, I do have a visual, Jay, that I could show just to kind of make this a uh, point. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and let's, let's, put that uh, let's put that together. Let's get you over there. How about that? Yeah, just just the spotlight and, and we wanna take it right in there, that, that big hairy ball that I'm showing right there. Yeah. That that's the the nasty problem, and that spotlight just covers it, and and nothing else. We just want to focus right there. I've got one other uh, example to to bring forward sure. with you. Um, I had met this gentleman in um, in a bar, Fisherman's Wharf, on in San Francisco. I was down there helping one of the fastest growing uh, stock stock stocks in during the pandemic. This company was just on fire. But I, I'm down there in, in a bar, just grabbing a drink with a random person who happens to be staying at the hotel. He's there attending a conference with his CEO. And I and we do this, what do you do type of routine. And he goes, well, I've, I've got a VR solution for doctors. And I go, great. Hey, could you summarize, you know, just what are you offering? One, two, three, or no more than four words. And again, stun gun. He thinks about it for a long time. And then he goes, Netflix for doctors. And I'm not going, you're selling Netflix for doctors? Uh, is it a streaming service where doctors watch movies? And he's like going, oh, no, 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 no. I guess that didn't work. And then uh, so then we kind of got into it there. Well, you know, hey, who's the who's the buyer? Who's the hero uh, of of his story? So it's, it's VR, virtual reality goggles and software and all that for doctors. And he goes, well, we're typically selling into hospitals and the people who typically sign the contract are chief medical officers. They're the ones that make that decision and sign the contract. I go, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so then, you know, we, we anchored on that, the CMOs, and then we start to brainstorm on VR for doctors. What's the problem you're solving for the CMO? And then, you know, and then we have a lot of discussion around that. And then we anchor on the whole notion of underperforming clinician teams. And, and the way the problem was mentioned to me, Jay, was doctors, senior doctors don't trust junior doctors. So therefore, senior doctors do more of the surgeries than the junior doctors. So the senior doctors get burned out and make mistakes while the junior doctors get upset and emotionally you know, peeved because they're not getting to do the surgeries. The senior doctors are, they're tired, they're lethargic, they're making mistakes. And, and it brings the whole team down. They're not really maximizing their, um, 
their talent set, all these you know surgeons. And the problem of that is bad mistakes, people not making it, uh, people uh, return visits to the hospital and, and total brand erosion for these hospitals when these clinician teams don't perform at the optimal level. Mm. And again, you know, uh, underpinning that was doctors not, you know, the senior doctors not sharing the load with the ju- junior doctors. So then we, you know, so that's talking about the, the problem. Three words here, underperforming clinician teams. Then we moved on to, hey, what's, what's a better outcome that we could promise that CMO if, if they engaged with us? And then, well, we'd deliver better patient outcomes. You know, that, that load would be distributed. All doctors would be performing better, less repeat visits, more satisfied patients, you know, le- less mortality and less lawsuits, you know, le- less, you know, uh, you know, horribleness driving better patient outcomes. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, so how do we get there? So Jay, and you know, now we talk about the solution. Notice how we did target, then we did the problem, then we did the outcome. Now, now we've got an interested buyer. Now we can talk about the solution. Okay, can, but can we I, don't. Go I, ahead. I'm going I'm to stop here a little bit sure, because sure. the the problem part, the problem piece that I think is important for people to understand is because we we, we kind of overlooked what's their pain because you make a really big deal about really understanding that pain because you you even say you want to create tension mm-hmm. at point at this point before mm-hmm. we get to the solution part that we want to create this tension actually in 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 the pain and and that so much tension that they go I got to get it I, I it's so clear to them I've got to get this solved because it hurts just even thinking about it Oh, absolutely. And uh, Jay, I'll share one other model with you. Um, it's not in my book. It's in another book, beautiful book uh, called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. That, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. No. Yeah, that, that pain dimension, that problem dimension, it's twice as powerful as the benefit dimension or the outcome div- uh, dimension, as I'm sharing for the, the you know, the, the viewing audience now. There's, there's a, a two times delta in terms of that motivation for change if you're if uh, people are afraid of, of the loss, the, 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 the pain uh, of, of what they're experiencing. So that's why we're spotlighting that. And uh, gosh, I always talk about even pouring gas on it, making it worse because mm-hmm. you know? yeah. that truly does motivate people both in their individual lives, as I was hearing you talk about, and then also in, in their professional lives. You really want to spotlight the problem and really nail that. So you know, back I, to that I don't think we, line. but I don't think go we ahead. do that. I, I, I think what we do is we kind of go, uh, we talk, we hit it a little bit, but we don't, I, I mean, literally when you wrote that we want to create that much tension, it made me rethink even myself, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm selling, you know, you know, I'm a coach or I'm selling speaking, you know, cause you know, NSA, I get it speaking mm-hmm. and, and wherever, whatever I'm doing, right. I don't think about creating that tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I, I bring up the problem. It's a problem, and I, I spotlight it for a little bit, but I don't keep the spotlight on it. And I guess the question becomes, you know, at what point do you know 
that you've created the right amount of tension. Yeah, I always had, uh, you, you see the person, you know, the, the potential buyer, they, they squirm when it's done right. <laughs> okay. You know, it's, uh, okay. That, that's probably my best word for it, Jay. No, no, no I, I, I love that because, yeah. I mean, I, any behavioral cue or, you know, even if there's something that we know that we can jump to that we go, oh, I got it. Because there's got to be, you know, as, you know, psychological professional as I am and, and you know, going through grad school in psychology and studying under B.F. Skinner's last student, uh, you know, you have this thing of going, okay, can I, is there something operational that I can see there or that I can pick up on or that I can go, okay, I've hit this exactly yeah. where I want it. There, uh, Jay, there was a woman out of Korea. I was working for a large organization and she had uh, just met with uh, the CEO of a Korean airline. And then she called me and said, Hey Bruce, I need your help. He's not responding to me. You know, I, we had a great meeting. I, th I flew in my executives into Korea. We met with him in his offices. He smiled. He was pleasant, but now he won't return my phone calls or my texts or my emails. I've, I've you know, not, nothing's moving now. What should I do? And I'm like, just going, geez, I'm so sorry. I'm kind of fresh out of magic bullets. Uh, but it sounds like when you had a meeting with him, he he didn't squirm. You you didn't right. anchor. You didn't anchor on that problem. You know, he smiled the whole way. He was probably thinking about his next movie he wanted to watch that night and you know, was just trying to be polite to you, but you did not anchor on that problem. And there was no, you know, like you said earlier, no emotional tension mm -hmm. around that. Have you ever heard the phrase, people buy on emotion and justify with logic? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there was no, no that emotional tension wasn't there uh, in relation to the problem or the outcome. It was just pleasant. Yeah. And that, that's not a good place to be. All right, so then now, now let's jump to in because you're you're at chapter four now. Envision the desired outcome, because mm -hmm. you know John Chambers, who we all know in the Research Triangle Park area, you know because it's Cisco Systems. Uh, don't you don't sell products, you sell outcomes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we spotlight. So we we've we've targeted the right buyer. We've spotlighted the the problem. We've created mm -hmm. the tension. We've got them squirming. How do we sell or how do we envision the desired outcome? What does that really look like now at that point? And I'll give you the screen again here. Yeah, yeah. Or what, what that looks like, Jay, um, you know, back to that, you know, what I call the Netflix for doctors story. Um, you know, that's where you help that CMO envision, hey, if uh, that problem goes away, you know, and, and what kind of benefits could I achieve? Then they're starting to see a better way. So um, this is my wife's illustrations, by the way. I can't take they're, credit for that. By the that, way, they're but, fantastic. <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh, but you've got the, you know, that CMO and the seller, they're both painting a picture together and looking at what's possible if we have this solution in place. You know, what, what, you know, what, what does, uh, or as one of my other clients like to say, what's life on the beach look like mm -hmm. after that problem goes away and, and we're having a better, better life? What's that look like? And uh, so that's where, you know, we had that theme of better patient outcomes, but just describing that, you know, what drives that? Uh, 
Mm. Well, we've got a higher performing clinician team. We're spreading the, the load, less return visits by the, the patients, less mortality, um, more motivated staff, more retention of doctors, you know, uh, so many different benefits that, that go into better patient outcomes. Mm. So that's the, the, you know, the big outcome with all those little benefits, but, you know, just camping there and really making sure that that visual is really understood. Okay. This is the, I, I'm, as you're talking, I have this vision in my head about that before you, I don't care what you're selling before you, you need to mind map this thing out. I mean, you need to really map this thing out. You can't just walk into it and wing it. I mean, I know that people prepare for their presentations, but I think they're so, they're so worried about what their PowerPoints are going to look like or, you know, what we're going to wear that day or you know, who's going to take this and who's going to say this, but I don't think we're asking the right questions because the more, the more you talk and then the more I think about what I read here in this book starts to say to me, we got to be asking ourselves different questions. Cause you even say in the book, you know, check your website. Yeah. Right. And, and you have several questions sure. here that you need to ask yourself. What, what are you doing here? Are you, what, what do you, what's your narrative even on your website? And I start thinking about it and I'm going, Oh, I got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Most websites are devoid of narrative there. There's none, you know, it's more product centric, solution centric content, right? It's, it's service. It's if you're a service, if you're a service industry, you're focusing on you, what you do as a service. If you're a product industry, you focus on what your product can do mm-hmm. and it's just the wrong it's. And then I keep thinking about it. I'm going, it's the wrong message boy it just makes a huge assumption that somebody cares <laughs> and uh people t- people typically don't care and until you work with them to anchor on what's the problem that you're helping them solve for and what's the outcome that you could promise right and then we can talk and only then can we talk about solution in that order but most people get that backwards well, well we jump to solution way too fast yeah, I just said, gosh, I had a, a founder CEO reach out to me oh, a couple months ago, but you know, on LinkedIn, Bruce, I've got a new platform I can't wait to show you. You know, uh, please click here. Let's find a time to meet. And and just no chance. I I wouldn't click here and find a time to meet. It doesn't make sense. Uh, he he's you know, there's no context. No, you know, it's I, not about me. It's all about him. You I, know, I know. I no, listen, Bruce. Just just for a second, I get those all the time. Hey, Coach Jay, you know what? I, I've got some things that I think are really be interesting for you. Hey, here's my calendar link. Let's set up a time to talk. Why would I do that? <laughs> what, 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 in, what in your right mind would make you think that I have no idea who you are and I would get on the phone with you to talk about something that doesn't even make sense because it's so globally obtuse, I don't even know what you really are trying to tell me. Yeah, and a lot of times, Jay, it's, it's, it's hilarious because uh, you know I've got CEO as part of my title, so I'm kind of right. a target for this stuff. But you know, a, a typical CEO at a big company, they might be costing that company ten thousand dollars an hour. <laughs> right. 
you know, <laughs> how are they going to spend an hour jumping on looking at your stuff? You know, it just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get to the last two, I'm, why don't we take a commercial break here? Because that, that'll give us more time to do the last two pieces of the five-step process. Uh, his name is Bruce Shear. The book uh, is entitled Inspire Your Buyers. Uh, the uh, go-to-market with a story that sizzles. By the way, it's already so good, isn't it? I mean, you're already picking up some things, and we've just gone a port of the way. Listen, you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Folks, uh, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist, I think they should be yours too. Listen, uh, their facility offers the most top of the advanced, uh, most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatech compression sleeves, uh, game ready. That's just a few. They're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling and cupping. And that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, clearly I need some. When you're ready for your epic recovery, and I clearly need that too. And when I when you need epic results, and I surely need those, go to Epic Physical Therapy. That's epicpt.com, E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors for more than 38 years, actually going on to her 39th year. You know what? Uh, she, she's she been working with clients since 1985, and they still come and see her to this day because they call her the legend of customer service. And uh, it's kind of cool when her clients come and you know just see her and say hello, and it's pretty awesome. And there's a reason why they keep coming back for her more because uh, she does what she says that she can do, and that's going to be transition you and take the stress as best as she can out of that part of life. So when you're ready to sell your home, buy your home, don't look any further. Go to Linda Craft Team Realtors. It's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with Bruce Shear, his book, uh, Inspire Your Buyers. Uh, go to market with a story that sizzles. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, all right, so Bruce, uh, we've, we've hit three of these, mm-hmm. of three of the five, we've, we've got the target, the buyer, uh, we've spotlighted the solution. We are going to focus on selling the outcomes is what we're going to focus on. And now we come to number four, where is now is the time for the solution, but maybe not in the way we're thinking about it, is it? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a bigger concept. So yeah, we started with the you know the um, you know target the right buyer, and then we you know spotlight the problem, envision that outcome together, and then you know the next step is as you say, it, it's really focusing on the solution. And I n- normally challenge my clients, you know, hey, you know, how can we characterize our solution in one, two, three, or no more than four words? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Again, hard. It's a, it's it's a big challenge. Yeah, and what I'm looking for, Jay, is a, is a solution theme, more than you know. Hey, what's all the stuff? You know, <laughs> but what what's a theme? So in this instance, back to that you know VR for doctors type of storyline, the solution for the CMO is, what if we could deliver for you? give your doctor's experience, your junior doctor's experience without risk. Whoa, that's pretty cool. You know, and then then, you, and then that might beg the question, well, how do you do that? And then you can get into some of the, 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 the elements that constitute that solution. But the solution itself is experience without risk. 
right. not a VR for doctors platform. And we we spend an awful lot of time trying to sell our our widgets and whistle bells and whistles and our sizzles and you write all those things that we think that make our make our product or service so outstanding and we spend so much time trying to go well we got this but well, we got that and this is mm-hmm. better than them but but that's not what we're that's not the solution at all is it no no it's really it's it's a higher level again i i use the word theme because mm. it, it's uh it, it sets the theme for for what you're bringing together to make that possible yeah so we're going to deliver, you know, again, you've got underperforming clinician teams. You want better patient outcomes. What will allow that to happen where we can increase that team's performance is experience without risk. We'll let those junior right. guys do more surgeries and therefore the senior doctors will spread the load and uh, get you better patient outcomes. So how do we do experience without risk? You know, that's the how question. Then we can dig into that. Well, we have some really interesting virtual reality technology that coupled with some of the best uh, learning and development design program designers in the world, bringing that all together where they can do simulated surgeries and we gamify it. So the junior doctors and the senior doctors can kind of see who scores the best on these virtual simulated surgeries, all of a sudden the junior doctors are doing awesome, impressing everybody, building more trust and allowing them to do more real surgeries over time, balancing the workload, making them high performing to give you your outcome, a better patient outcomes. Mm. You know, so, you know, so it's kind of a higher level concept that you know, some different uh, solution elements make up. Right, 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 right. See, that's awesome. That see that because I mean, again, we're not digging deep enough. That that's that's what I pull away from this book. Now that I'm, you know, as I read it and read it, and as I've heard you speak it, when it comes to trying to sell to someone, we're not doing enough work digging into them. We're just not doing enough work. I think we do a surface. I think we sell on the surface. I don't think we. I don't think we get there. I think that's what your book does more better than anything else. Is it really challenges us to dig deeper? Um, okay, I'm going to change my Amazon five star review to say that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No. It it does. You know. You do have to think deep uh, in order to even. Uh, I'd argue simplify right. that narrative because once you come up with these core themes. Right you know, a problem outcome solution, man, oh man, it just makes life so much easier. Everything you say will become part of that context. Okay. So then we've gone through the first four Mm -hmm. and then we make another mistake, right? Because, (laughs) and thank you for the football reference, just as a, as a former collegiate athlete, football player, I just want to thank you for the football reference, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that we fumble at the goal line because, (laughs) so where do you think we should go from here, Bruce? (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and i just i I see that i witness it so often by with the sellers that i serve but you know normally you know time's not managed in a selling conversation and um you know you go all the way to the end and then hey you know uh you know jay you might even say hey i gotta go and i'm if i'm the seller i'm like oh yeah but wait 
you know, uh, what should we do? You know, and then your your typical response is, well, Bruce, good conversation. Send me more information. Yes. And and we'll we'll have some internal meetings, and and I'll, I'll keep you informed. Right. And and then then there's a thousand watts of silence, and and we don't speak again, uh, typically. Right. And you instead though, and I'm quoting you. Okay, so I'm going to quote you from the book because I do that because I have all the notes right here. I teach my clients to arm their sellers and marketers with clear next steps. What does that look like? Um, do you want? Do we? Do we need to give you the screen? Yeah, please. Yeah, sure. it, it, it's solution by solution, really, what that looks like. Okay. Uh, many organizations they don't have prescribed next steps, and you know, back to the VR for doctors example, I, I love you know the the notion of a prescription. Here's what to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to buy from us. Here's typically the journey steps and how we can help you. You know, wh- what do you see is missing, or what would you like to add to the, the to the the buying journey here, as you're talking to that potential buyer? Um, but you want to uh, prescribe next steps. That that's the power position to help that buyer buy. You know, make it easy. And so normally, you know, what we'll do is work with our clients to you know figure out what are what are those natural next steps. In this VR for doctors example. The, the first step of the buyer's journey might be a little mini assessment, you know, hey, how underperforming is our team? You know, and there's a, there's an assessment that we can do to figure that out. And then you know, against, you know, how we, we can drive better patient outcomes, the outcome there, what's that delta? What's the opportunity for, for driving against those two dimensions, the problem and outcome? That's part of the, the assessment, is, is it worth it? Then after that, you know, you could recommend to that CMO buyer, hey, then we can do a proof of concept. Uh, we can do a trial run against your 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 surgeons and see if they enjoy the experience and get better results because of it. We'll do a, a mini proof of concept and just make sure you like what you see, and then we'll we'll move forward and contract together and et cetera, et cetera. But really laying that out. And Jay, I don't know if you saw in the book, I did a project that uh, rolled all the way up to Steve Ballmer with mm-hmm. Microsoft. Uh, it was a, a joint go-to-market between HP and uh, Steve uh, and Microsoft. Steve Ballmer and Mark Hurd both uh, were the sponsors of this, one of the most stressful projects of my career. But I, I had to work on eight solutions, a joint investment of $375 million by both those huge entities into these solutions, into marketing the, these solutions, not even making them, but marketing them. But what I challenged the solution teams with is let's prescribe next steps on how to buy. And, and, and the art of doing that, we increased their close rate. Anybody they spoke to, it was over, over a 50% close rate. And these were multi-million dollar purchasing decisions. Mm-hmm. Be, and I, I do contend a big part of that was because we had next steps and we made it really easy to buy. It was all prescribed. Mm. So, so when we, so, okay. So we want to avoid, <laughs> we want to avoid the script where do we go from here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we, we clearly, don't want the customer to say, send me more information. We, we clearly don't want that as our outcome of, <laughs> of, of, of everything that we've worked to this point. So are we, then are we going to, uh, it sounds like we're going to have to be really prepared to say, this is, 
that we've got a formalized set of steps that we take. That's what it sounds like to me is that we're formalizing a next set of steps. So here's where we go next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that yeah. is that right? That's really the script. So here's where we're going to yeah, go the, next. The, the operative phrase, if you're the seller, is, hey, based on my experience and the conversation we mm-hmm. just had today, here's what we normally see as next steps. And then mm-hmm. you lay those out, A, okay. B, C, D. And then, then you ask the question, open-ended, you know, where would you like to see a change? You right. know, what would you like to add or subtract or, you know, just to make sure you're successful? Okay. Um, let, we, we, we're, we're down to about our last four minutes here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead to chapter nine. Is that okay? If we move, sure, if sure. We move yeah. past the, uh, I, by the way, uh, for people who are wondering what I went over, skipped over was visualize your narrative, uh, because we do the brain processes visualization 60,000 times faster than text. Uh, mm-hmm. we, he also talks about tailoring your narrative. Uh, so you're tailoring it to the right market. Uh, and then align yourself for success is a chapter nine. And the reason I want to get here is because uh, you talk about the North Star messaging model and it has uh, five key phases. And I thought maybe, in a, I know it's going to be a short amount of time, but in a few minutes, I think it's an important, it's important for us to probably talk about that because that can mm-hmm. help us develop this narrative uh, more clearly. Would you agree with that? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. And I can lay that out for you, Jay. No problem. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, ahead, and this is what I recommend for uh, folks. If, if you have more people on your team and you need to get buy-in for your narrative, you know, definitely follow this model. It, it, it fully, fully works. So um, how this works is you want to, you know, start with scanning. And so normally you're scanning across uh, your comp- uh, the competitive sphere of uh, who, who's saying what out there in, in the universe around your solution domain. Um, and, and what I find is very often if you have competitors, they, everybody starts sounding the same. Mm-hmm. So you just wanna see what's the market noise, who's saying what and what's the noise. Once you understand that, then you wanna start crafting or developing your, your narrative. What's that gonna look like? What's that gonna sound like? And uh, we did skip over visualizing the narrative, but that's a key part of this. So what are those broad themes of problem, outcome, solution, and how do we visualize all that? Once, once you're done with that step to develop, then you wanna go out and test it and see if it resonates and see if it truly is differentiated from all those competitors in the competitive pack. So we're testing it. And uh, boy, after doing this for over 20 years, I always learned by talking to customers and analysts, third-party advisors, et cetera, and, and figure out how to refine the narrative. And that, that's the fourth uh, phase of this, fourth step. And then after that, you launch and learn. You, you load your sellers up and marketers up and you're doing campaigns around it. But you'll learn over an, you know, a couple months period that, hey, some things are misconstrued, not, not very uh, well understood, et cetera. And there's always an opportunity for making tweaks and making things be- a little bit better. And so that's why I mean launch and learn because you can, you can make improvements along the way. And that's uh, what we call the North Star messaging model. And it's very powerful for getting uh, all, all your stakeholders on the bus with your narrative. Remember that that danger I said, number two, delegating down to somebody in, inside the organization who isn't very powerful. If you follow this narrative development model, this uh, North Star model, it'll help you 
prove that you've got an amazing narrative and, and that'll help the organization go to market with success. That's awesome. Uh, we've done our hour. Uh, it's gone really, <laughs> really fast, Bruce. It I've, did. It, yeah. I, I've had a lot of fun. I hope you have too. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. tell, tell people how they can get a hold of you because, uh, the, I mean, we didn't even get, I mean, we touched on just a little bit of the book. I mean, we went through, uh, gave you a brief outline of it, but there's more, so much more. So tell people how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd recommend going to our website, inspireyourbuyers.com. Uh, that's a great way to connect, uh, schedule a meeting, what have you. Um, inspireyourbuyers.com forward slash books. Um, uh, 2023 has been an amazing year for me, Jay, but two bestsellers. Uh, this book that we're featuring, Inspire Your Buyers, Go to Market with a Story That Sizzles. And then also another book. It's called The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever. Why, and, why, and, why, don't uh, I ha- why, why don't I have this book, Bruce? <laughs> you're gonna have it why, yeah, why, why, why don't i have this book and why don't why aren't we why aren't we booking a second show bruce <laughs> we, we have to <laughs> yeah and that one uh yeah a fabulous book and and exploded as well i uh i uh, collaborated on that with a community i'm part of 35 of us knocked that book out and uh it, it's had really wonderful market reception being published in other languages right now it's a, it's a global book at this point um, so they could see books there. And then I, I hang out on LinkedIn all the time. So I, I would just be at, you know, linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash, uh, uh, B S C H E E R. Please connect with me there. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much, Bruce. Stay with me. Hey folks, that's the show. You know what I say to you every week and that's this, you know what? You're in control of three things, your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. I know that circumstances can be tough. And they can be difficult. I get it. But you control your attitude. You control your effort. That's your excellence. And we all get knocked down from time to time. But you make the decision to get back up again. Take control of those three things because that's within your power. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest, which means it's another great book. And it's going to be another great show. As I say to you all over, you know what you do. You, you've, you've watched us and I thank you. You had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thanks for doing that. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And wherever you're listening or wherever you're watching, you know what? Give us a positive review. As I say to you all over the world, you know what that is. Ciao, everybody. You